that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast. As I'm talking out my ask with uh, B1 Bank President and CEO Jude Melville. This is part two of my interview with him. So thanks for sticking around to hear the second part, all right? Uh, in the meantime, y'all kick back and get ready to enjoy me talking out my ask to Jude Melville right after this. Spud here. Did you know ABC Title's been around 30 years? 30 years! And those 30 years went by scary fast. And now with seven locations, they're even scarier and faster. Everything from license plates to a notary public. Plus, as if they weren't scary fast enough, you can go online at abctitle.com, start the ball rolling before you even get there. Get road ready in record time with your scary fast DMV service company, ABC Title. Go to abctitle.com for online service and the location nearest you. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team Advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. And we're back. Talking to Jude Melville, who need you need now. There's a little bit more about the B1 banking community that we need to get out before we get to this stuff. So, yeah. what I mean, what is yeah, it? Yeah. So, so I, I spoke about B1 community. Uh, the other big initiative that we started, or I started with B1 Foundations. Yeah. Me. So what we also did at the same time was started what we call B1 Community, and so this is a program that we started that we give our employees uh, 16 hours a year of paid leave to go volunteer. At efforts in the community. You so, guys, yeah, y'all yeah. send a lot of guys to my food bank. Right. So that's the way that we got connected, uh, yeah. as I understand it, is through the food bank. And we have a food bank here that we're very active in as well, and in Baton Rouge. And, and all over our footprint, wherever our employees choose to give their time, mm -hmm. we want to be supportive of that. So community banks historically have always uh, made contributions, uh, sponsorships, uh, have been active in the community. And we wanted to make sure we could do more than just write a check. We do that, but we also wanted to give of our time. And well, cool. It's but you can write us a check, too. Great, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll always take that. It's, it's, uh, it's a great way to, to, keep, to make sure that our employees feel engaged uh, about the place that they work in. And, and you know what? I mean, the people that, uh, that you guys send to us are like, they're very, they're laid back. They're hard workers. They're happy. And, I mean, when they come and see exactly how we function, like today, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon is our biggest distribution of the week. Mm -hmm. So we got a couple, two or three guys over there working with us. And uh, and they just, you never, 
once they've actually come, we're, we're seeing the same ones over and over again, yeah. you know, because it's I mean, it feels good. Yeah. You see these people come up there and you can tell they got nothing. Yeah. Well, in our part of the world too, you know, we've all uh, needed to be the beneficiary of help at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And then most recently home at Thibodeau, I mean, we have, we have lots of employees there and, and they were impacted heavily by, by, uh, by good. Ida. And so, so, um, it makes sense that when, when you've received help, uh, you should get back. You're a good man. Now let's see how good you are about this stuff. <laughs> um, well, let's start at the beginning. Okay, we're just talking about sending people to the food bank. How how is inflation and it's going up? How is that going to affect me at the food bank? Because we we have people, and I hear people say this. It's like, oh, I went to the to the grocery store and the shelves are empty. Oh, we'll just go sign up at the food bank. I'm going. Where do you think I get food from? Right. You know, I mean, I get more from the wholesalers, but if the if the big grocery chains can't get stuff. What makes you think I can get it? So I've got to go find more food, more for money, because more people are going to be finding less stuff on the grocery store. Right. It's not just the inflation, but it's the logistical challenge as well. Yes, right? the chain, the, and it's the hard supply to, chain. It's hard to separate those two things today. Uh, I think the immediate impact, you're already seeing it, and I know, I know the food bank here in Baton Rouge is seeing is a big uptick, uptick in demand. And, uh, you, you know, you've got the inflation, which is making it harder to, uh, to afford the basics um, and then you've got the you've got the logistics logistical problem, but you've also got um, a number of governmental support programs that are expiring. Yes, um, we have. And so, so that also, um, I would guess, would lead to an uptick in, in the importance of, of places such as your own. And we've had play, we've had uh, like for instance, uh, I won't say who they are, but somebody that doesn't normally need food. They normally make enough money, but also they've been kind of taking in people. So we've. We've expanded and said, why don't y'all come to us, but you can come until like the end of February. Yeah. Well, now they're finding that it's not only the people that they took in, but they ain't making any more money. So now they're coming around and signing up anyway. And it's like, right. you know, the, you know, the cupboard ain't bare yet, but yeah. it ain't certainly And, and what, what we're seeing in some of the other not-for-profits that we're active in is that not just food, but, you know, there's one, there's a, a group here in Baton Rouge, for example, the, um, the Family Justice Center who, um, yeah, I know who, who serves to, to help... Uh, mitigate the damages of and prevent uh, domestic violence and sex trafficking and things of, of that nature and and in times of stress it's not just the it's not just the economics no it's also the psychological oh, yeah. uh, ramifications so we're seeing some uptick there as well and hopefully it's something we can get our arms around yeah we do a lot of i mean we we feed a third of the senior citizens in terrible Paris. we feed the havens which is a, a domestic violence a mm -hmm. rescue place where women can go in 21 other places. We're about to start a new program, actually, uh, with uh, parolees and uh, people on probation, uh, because a lot of reason there's recidivism with them is they have food insufficiency. So not only will we start feeding them, we are also starting a program where we are gonna teach them about six at a time warehousing skills and how to work uh, forklifts and things like that. And then when they get out, they'll like pass a test that we give, and we've already got three companies lined up to start hiring these people. Oh, that's so, terrific. Yeah, so yeah. you're kind of building on the... the yeah, but it's like yeah. all these things I'm trying to do, and it's right. like, man, yeah, but now i got to quit doing that stuff because i got to find food because yeah. i got, you know, i got 600 families are going to be coming through, you know, today. And you know what, and, and I know about this because I have those teenage daughters, but, uh, and then in my own life, so one thing that we're not great at as Americans is thinking about uh, not just what we eat, but, but how we eat, mm -hmm. right? So the nutritional value of what we eat, and we've, Kind of gotten caught in this world where we where we're unfortunately the poorest typically um, have the least access and the least education about and the least time to think about the yeah. food that they eat and so 
um, from a medical standpoint, I think we'll be dealing with, with that for years to come really as well. Too. We do have a nutritionist who, that we refer, you know, who guides us on what. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we would imagine, I would imagine your meals were probably the healthiest that a lot of individuals uh, eat, um, eat yeah. ever, right? Some of them are, pretty, yeah. Our, yeah. Our food is healthy. I mean, ain't the healthiest, but right. we give what we can and we also request and buy certain things and make sure that, yes, when you come and you open the trunk of your car and we put in the 40 pound box of food and the big bag and the 10 pound bag of lead quarters and all the rest of that stuff. I mean, I end up giving the people 200 pounds of food, you know? Well, you know, we, we all get uh, caught up sometimes in, in saying, oh, the government's doing this or not doing that. But, but really we're a country that's, that's made strong because of the volunteerism. Um, that that we uh, that we believe in, and, yeah. and so uh, congrats. To, well, it's proven over and over again. The United States is the most generous country. Absolutely. Somebody, even Absolutely. enemies, get a, an earthquake, and we over there with stuff. It's what makes us strong. Uh, okay. Inflation means stuff costs too much. Deflation means you can't sell it, and you got to price drop the price to nothing. What does the Fed have to do to do to fix that? I mean, can the Fed slow an economy, and will that fix inflation or one way or? Yeah. pumping money into it. What exactly is the Fed thinking about doing to slow down this rise of inflation? Right. So let me, let me uh, uh, one step back, I don't represent the Fed, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a banker and so I'm... But I'm, you have I'm, a better understanding of it than I But I have a better understanding and I have some interaction because they've, they've asked for input from bankers around, around the country. So, and I appreciate that, that opportunity. Uh, it does seem to me that, that uh, there's, the time has arrived um, for us to do what we can to try to slow inflation. And some of that is psychological. So it's not just the inflation that we're feeling today, but it's our thoughts about what will happen to inflation in the future. And so part of what the Fed has the opportunity to do is to, um, to take a pretty strong stance today um, to prove that they're going to be responsive to inflationary pressures in the future. And I think that's the, that's the conversation they're having now in March. Um, there's the thought that they will raise rates uh, potentially. Uh, will it be by, by one quarter point or will it be by two? Well, um, it, it seems like as we get closer. So what happens is that if the Fed raises rates by uh, 50 basis points, so two, two raises if they choose to be that aggressive, which is, would be unusual, but it's possible. Um, it makes borrowing a little more expensive. And so that, makes, uh, that slows down the economy a little bit. And if the economy slows down a little bit, then some of the inflationary pressures um, won't be as great. And, and the, the hope is, is that they can send the right signal so that they don't actually have to keep raising rates in the future significantly. But what um, signal is sending, what they're signaling to me? What do I need to do that they're gonna be doing what you just said that they're hoping to get me to do? Right, well, it's not so much that they're, that they're signaling to you as much as it is that they're signaling to businesses um, about what kind of risk businesses might be willing to take to expand supply or decrease supply. Um, the challenge that they're having is that only part of the inflationary pressures are monetary. Yeah, and that's the one that they, that's what they can tackle. Mm -hmm. The other parts are supply chain um, oriented. And we don't know, frankly. Yeah, well, which, that's the secretary. We don't yeah, know which is which. So, so the challenge is if you, if you send a really strong signal that we need to get inflation under control and companies pull back more than you want them to um, and the supply chain doesn't get fixed, um, that's where we could really, uh, we could really, the Fed needs to be a little bit, is being sensitive about the fact that they don't want to leave the economy without any support. But, you know, on a historic basis, uh, even if we raise rates in the short run, it's still highly accommodative relative to where it was historically. Mm -hmm. So the Fed, it'll be a while before the Fed is actually not helping the economy along. Um, and what happens when you raise rates is that 
it kind of level sets some of the expectations, some of these crazy, um, you know, a lot of, so think about when, when investors invest in businesses with very low rates, that increases the value of a lot of businesses that might be tech oriented and aren't really um, creating jobs, for example. Yeah. Um, they aren't building uh, warehouses, they aren't building factories. And so if you can, it, with rates rising a little bit, that means that some of those tech companies' valuations will come down, which means capital might flow to sectors that are a little more likely to create jobs um, and, to, and to get the supply chain issues fixed. So that's a part of the, the balance that they're trying to walk, but it's a, it's a tough one. Well, I mean, it would seem to me, and everybody wants a quick buck, Lord knows I do, yeah. but I think we maybe, have we not learned that maybe they need to start getting away from it? We have enough tech and we have enough huge tech that, yeah. and they and, all, and they're, they're all playing God now. And we so. were talking earlier about bigness, right? Yeah. Well, there are no bigger companies than the tech companies, and they can kind of take care of themselves. It's all these smaller businesses that, yeah. that, need, but they're a, that, them that need a little bit of cover. So somebody had to come I, to I, Another point I, I would say, I would make is that, you know, we, in this country, we have a lot of, uh, of older folks, right? Yeah. A lot of them are on fixed incomes, which is where inflation really hurts. But they also, for a decade now, haven't had the chance to really save and get paid for it. So when you think about CDs and people living on um, uh, treasury bills and, and mm -hmm. fixed income, those rates have, always, have been so artificially depressed that the average elderly American has had no chance um, to actually save any money. And, and they're, they're at an age where they shouldn't be taking too much risk in the stock market. So the fixed income is really where um, where they're able to kind of keep up with with the uh, with cost and, and with inflation. So I think there there could be some actual benefit to having slightly higher rates, and that and that perhaps the average everyday American could actually make a little more. Well, I mean, it doesn't make savings. any sense to put any money into a CD if you're only going to get one percent. No, I'd be better and, off buying gold and watching it fluctuate. That's right, and had, that's been the case for for quite some time now. So so I actually would like to see Americans have a chance to to uh, to save a little bit. I think that'd be a positive thing. Well, I'm. I'm you talk about psychologically, if you haven't had a chance for a couple of decades to not really save, then people aren't inclined to do it. So they're they're always looking for a quick. Yeah, you kind of get you kind of get out of the habit of it, right? Yeah. Start, why not? So maybe go it. buy a CD. Well, I mean, I'll buy my kid a CD when he was five, you know, and sure. he's like twenty four now. Guess what? It's almost worth what I paid for it. I think also, you know, uh, one of the the one of the constituent parts of inflation is labor. And so one of the, the, the two biggest things that have contributed to, the, to inflation, just mathematically, are cost of energy um, going up, which, which uh, to a certain point doesn't hurt us here. In no, not here. Right? It actually could be a positive. I mean, we still, I just paid, what, three thirty a gallon? Yeah. Uh, which, which is more than I pay at home. It's more, but, but how many jobs will be saved as we transition into the green economy by having a slightly higher price of oil? So that's not... not not all bad necessarily, and then um, you're seeing wage rates increase, and so um, that uh, the key is not really just inflation in isolation; it's inflation relative to how much we're being paid to work. Mm -hmm. And so one of the one of the side benefits we are finally seeing people uh, getting paid more. For well, the, for salaries their, have been stagnant for, their for decades. That's right. So, I mean, and, even richer, and, richer, poorer, poorer. And so, look, I'm a I'm a capitalist, but uh, but I also know that. Uh, that you need both, right? You need you need labor and capital, and and we need to pay people fairly. And maybe we're playing catch up a little bit, and that may not be may not be all bad. Now, what needs to happen from a small business perspective is that we can't get out of control, and that's because at some point, 
um, the wages lead to um, a disincentive for those companies to invest. And there's a balance there. And yeah. I think, and you know, maybe we've kind of, maybe we need to get back to that balance and we'll be, we'll, well be I agree. I had, I had many arguments on the radio with people about, oh, uh, minimum wage should be paid to $15 an hour. Yeah, don't pay that, but instead of having somebody flip a burger, there's going to be a little robot over there doing it. They're yeah, going to pay them, and sure. they work 24-7. There's a point at which yeah. you can't pay that, right? And no, I don't no, know, no, and, no. I, and in my personal, I don't know that the government should be determining what I, that, what that, I'm what with that you level that is. Right? None of their business, because none of those people are business well, not, and not, Yeah, not just because it's not their business, but because they don't know. I mean, it's... it's no, they it's, don't. Uh, you know, that's why we're not in a community. They conned a lot of people into voting for them. So. I mean, look, let's not kid ourselves. There's a guy sitting in Congress right now who thought if you put too much equipment on Guam, the island was going to tip over. Ta-da! I had not okay. heard that, but... Yeah. yeah, well, that's the kind of stuff I read. Mm-hmm. Let me get into just a couple of more things. Uh, what uh, What is going to happen to inflation with this invasion that's going on in the Ukraine? Is that mm-hmm. going to shoot it up, shoot it down? I think it worsens it in the short term, for sure. And we'll, we'll just have to see how, how it develops. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely a negative. For, and it makes the Fed's job harder, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're trying to control inflation and inflation in the short run is made worse, um, that 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 makes that soft landing even harder. Yeah. Uh, it also will probably um, um, at least end today. I think was a good example in the stock market of having a negative influence there, which does is is a huge part. You know, it's uh, uh, we forget sometimes that um, the stock market is made up of not just a bunch of not just a bunch of fat cats up in New York, but but also you. Your and my four hundred one k, yeah, right, and so that's that's uh, that's going to hurt in the short run, and, yeah. and certainly is there's no there's no good time and no good rationale for what Russia's doing, but um, but this this is uh, worse timing than 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 ever probably. Yeah, well, and that's just it, right? You guys are trying to if the Fed's trying to incrementally go up with the interest rates and this shoots them up, right. then it's, it's going to, okay, that's it not hard. good. Now what about credit well, card well, what, I, what I would say about 401ks though is that, and as I talk to our employees and, 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 and people here is that I think the one important thing is for us not to panic. The average everyday American um, needs to continue if they can. Well, it's a long term Putting thing. a little bit away. It's long term dollar cost averaging. None of us are good and I'm horrible at market timing. Um, it's just too hard to predict. I don't right? even so, do it. I tried it a couple of times. And no, I don't either. And, and, and I can't. I, I don't because I can't. So we need to keep socking away a little bit every month. And, and the good news about the stock market coming down is it makes things cheaper. And as we invest more, then over time, um, hmm. ho- hopefully we'll. Well, well it's like a, it's like a small pendulum, isn't it? I mean, well, you hope it to keep it a small pendulum. Yeah. That's what the Fed's trying to do. That's a great instead point. of instead great of uh, Putin throwing it all the way one way, and now when it starts swinging back the other way, the Fed's got to be there to stop it before right. it swings back the other way, and it makes it all worse. No, so we want to go like ten degrees this way, and then come back ten degrees that way, and we just want to we want to not panic. We want to keep yeah. doing what we do every day, and and over the long run, we're still the best place to to live and be in the world. Yeah, especially the museum, because we have crawfish. That's right. My last question to you. All right. Would it help the economy if people were able to deduct their credit card interest rates like they used to be able to do? When I was younger and had credit cards, and I'd sit there and watch my brother do his taxes, because you know, I was a stand-up comic on the road, and I used to get paid in cash. Okay. But I watched my brother with these reams of paper from his credit card, and he'd be deducting all of the interest rates from his credit cards off of his taxes. And right. that made him go spend more money. Okay. 
So would it help the economy if people spent more money, and if that would that cause them to do it? Yeah. So that's uh, you know that that was before my time when that when that oh, was, uh, when that, was uh, <laughs> that, that happening, kind of like your Don Drysdale reference. But um, um, I you know my gut take would be that, that anything we could do to keep more money in the pockets of everyday Americans would be a good thing for the economy, right? Um, um, I, I think well, it wouldn't I, be in their They'd be out blowing it, but yeah. I mean. But they'd be spending it, and, and they're going to spend it on what they want to spend it on, which yeah. is better than the government spending it on what the government wants to spend it on. Better than the casino or something like that. Anyway, well, this has been cool. Yeah, thank you for uh, your I, time. I thank you for your time, and if possible, I'd like to come back in a few months and see what the economy's doing the other way. Because this is a... Uh, Hopefully that pendulum will have swung a little bit, or at least be, or showing, at least been able be to showing signs it. of it, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a very good thing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. All right, Spudcast wrapping it up after this. Spud here. Are you used to packing a lunch when you go get a new driver's license? Well, go to ABC Title. With six locations, we're scary fast. I mean, you need a car title or a license plate or a real ID or just a notary public. Go to abctitle.com to find the scary fast office nearest you. Okay. Uh, Jude Melville, P1 Bank CEO. So what did you think of all that, huh? Need to pay attention to this a lot more. I do too, except I ain't got no money to begin with. Anyway, uh, make sure you stick around later in the week, and I will have Arthur Hardy, the Marquis de Mardi Gras, will give us a postmortem about this year's Mardi Gras 2022. In the meantime, uh, considerably more entertaining blather on the Spudcast. Thanks for joining me here. You can find me on uh, Stitcher and on Public Radio and Amazon Music and Google Podcasts and Spotify and Red Circle. You can find me on uh, my Twitter accounts at SpudGotDat. And on Facebook, Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell, and The Big Teasy. Don't forget, Arthur Hardy, the Marquis de Mardi Gras, with a postmortem of 2022's Mardi Gras. Thanks for joining me here. Y'all watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.